The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. It is just moi, myself, and I this week here in the studio. Dave is not here. I am co-hostless. It's just you and me, listeners. We're at this together in this music, indie, content creation, pop culture crusade that we do each week. And Oh my God, what a rough week for Dave not to be here because the Dave-related news is just pouring in. The kind of news that Dave loves to talk about has been pouring in this past week and he's not here and he must be fuming because I, I just read, I just read that Disney is going to be creating a Star Wars themed hotel. It's going to be a full Star Wars immersive experience. I imagine there's probably a hotel lounge in that hotel where you hear the song and he's not going to be able to experience any of that and he's not going to be able to talk to me about it because he's not here what a crappy week for him not to be here but hopefully we can get some thoughts on the star wars hotel from him next week oh oh my god and and just now not 20 minutes before i started recording this podcast episode it turned, we just found out that there's going to be a new doctor on Doctor Who. The 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, a lady doctor, in fact. And I'm so excited for this because she is supposed to be a phenomenal actress. I confess, I don't know much about her personally. I, I've heard she's on uh, Torchwood and Black Mirror, and I've only watched a little bit of those shows, and I didn't see any episode that she was in. But she's supposed to be great, and I'm excited for that. And... He's not here to talk about it, because I know he loves Star Wars, and he loves Doctor Who, and there's big news for both of them, and David is nowhere to be found. What a darn shame. And uh, But don't worry, I'm going to tell you who the guest is pretty soon. I'm going to reveal that, and Dave's going to be so mad that he's not here for this guest, because it's one of his favorite guests. But hang on, before we get to that, before we go into the coterie of fantastic stuff that we got to talk about this week... Just a quick bit of housekeeping. So you can rate, review, and subscribe to the Break the Business podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. And I very, very much hope you do. We're at episode 93 now, gang. I think that's where we're at. Either way, it's up to 90. We're getting close to 100. We got to do something for episode 100. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's got to be something fun and phenomenal. But we wouldn't have gotten to episode 100. We wouldn't have made it to the century mark that we are fast approaching to without your support, without you listening to us, without giving those positive ratings that you've been giving, without subscribing to the podcast. And so we thank you for that. And if you haven't done those things already because you're new to the game or maybe you've just been listening for many weeks now and you just thought, ah, maybe I don't want to subscribe, I don't know, please, just, just do it, just do it. Make sure you do. Just click that little subscribe button. You're looking at your phone right now, I'm sure. Help me out. Help the podcast out. Uh, these subscriptions really, really help. And the other thing you can do to really help our podcast out, if you love what we're doing around here, get in touch with us. Talk to us. There are so many of you out there that are listening to this podcast. I know you are because I'm guilty of this. I listen to podcasts all the time. I have a ton of podcasts that I listen to in the music world, in the business world, in comedy. I listen to a bunch of podcasts, and I confess that I don't interact 
with the hosts as much as I should. And I know they want you to because they always say, oh, tweet at us, email us. So I'm asking you to do that. Don't be like me when I listen to podcasts. I want to hear from you. And how can you reach out? You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Ryan, K-A-I-R. I tweet about music industry stuff, law stuff, but lots and lots of pop culture. I've been tweeting a lot about Doctor Who because of this Jody Whittaker announcement that I'm pretty excited about. But I'm, I can be a fun follow. You can follow my co-host at, at MetalDave85. And the best way to contact us is through the email communication medium. Breakthebusiness at gmail.com is where you can find us. That's breakthebusiness at gmail.com. When you email us, you can email us questions you want us to answer on the show or topics that you want us to talk about. So if there's something going on in the indie music industry, if you, you as an indie content creator have a question or have a topic that you want us to discuss because it's something of particular import to your career as a musician, let us know. It's hard to research topics. I'd love for you to just do my job for me and let us know what you would be interested in hearing us talk about. And the best way to do that is to email us, breakthebusiness at gmail.com. Or if you just want to say hi or if you want to say something funny, just let let us know you're out there. Because I know you guys are out there. I see the numbers. The numbers getting higher and higher and more and more listeners. So I know you're there. So I'd like to hear from you. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You, know, you can also follow us, uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash business. And some other cool news on the creation front. I've been talking about this the last few weeks, and it's been cool to watch you guys downloading my new audiobook. I'm seeing the download numbers come in. I got people who are, you know, wants to listen to this audiobook. And I'm, gosh, that makes me so happy. Thank you so, so much. The new audiobook, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence, and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is available on Amazon and iTunes and wherever you can find audiobooks, you'll probably find mine. I narrated it. I don't get some fancy pants professional narrator, just this voice that I hope you like listening to because I, I uh, narrate all 15 chapters of my book. And so if you if you have the book and you'd just like to have somebody narrate it alongside while you read it, that's always fun. Or you're just not into reading and that's cool, man. I don't judge. Whatever. Uh, there's an audiobook for you now. Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence, and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Our guest this week, I am incomprehensibly excited. I am flabbergastingly excited. I am just over the moon with how happy I am to have our guest this week. The delightful, the terrific, the fantastic in every sense of the word mary amber is going to jonas and if you don't know who mary amber is because you've maybe have just gotten yourself acquainted with this podcast and you haven't heard too many of our guests she's wonderful we've had her on a few times on this show every time it's fantastic she's one of my favorite guests to have on this show and as i said earlier dave's going to be so pissed when he listens to this episode now and finds out that we had mary amber on in a week where he's not here because Dave loves her because she is super into pop culture. When we have her on, we love talking to her about pop culture. We talk video games with her. We talk superheroes with her, uh, anime, all kinds of stuff like that. And man, he's, he's going to be so mad that we had her on without him being here. But aside from the pop culture stuff, she's an incredible musician, both in the content she creates and in the way that she comports herself in her music career. She she is a living, breathing masterclass in how to run your career as an indie musician. She's so, so good at it. The music's good. If you're into, 
you know, pop culture, geek culture stuff. If you like music that makes you feel good, that's got, but it has a nice amount of heart in it under the surface. Uh, she's your, she's your, she's your gal, Mary Amber. She's wonderful. But aside from all, oh, oh, and she has a new album coming out this week, Origin Story. So some brand new Mary Amber music, which is going to be pretty exciting to get into your ear holes. But aside from that, aside from her fantastic content, the other way in which she's truly an artist is how she gets her music out there. She's one of the best marketers of her music that I've ever seen. Her website is spectacular. There are a few people in this business who are better at knowing who she is, knowing what her audience likes, and finding a way to put herself out there in a way that accommodates all of that so effectively. You know, she's into pop culture, comic books, geek culture, and all of that's on her website and how she presents herself out there. She plays at comic book conventions and they love her. And you can learn so much just from uh, seeing how she works in her career. And you can learn so much from her by hearing us talk to her, which we're going to do in the next segment. So stick around for that. I swear to you, it's going to be worth it. And, and, and here's my idea. I haven't told her this, but I'm hoping that I can get her to stick around for another segment. Because as you know, in the third segment, we talk pop culture. So segment one, I talk about the music industry, what's going on in the news, what's important for artists, things like that. In segment number two, we have the interview. And then in segment number three, it's pop culture. We just, we try to have some fun. You know, once we've, once we've talked about the serious stuff, we goof around a bit. But since Dave's not here, I'm hoping that I can kind of get Mary Amber to stick around for a third segment and so we can talk pop culture with her and, you know, really do the pop culture talk right. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, you know, she, she's usually really cool about this stuff. She always makes time for me. Um, but I don't know what the time difference is going to be like because she's from Australia and I don't even know what time it is over there, but I'm just going to assume it's ridiculous. And the fact that she even made the time to come on this show... Um, during this time is just, oh, she's the best. She's the best. She's the best. I've had her on a few times, and every time I have her on, I love it because she is just awesome. So stick around for that. Mary Amber coming up in the next segment, and oh, hang on. Let me just, that was a lot of talking. I need to catch my breath because I got to tell you, I'm I'm just, I'm exhausted. I'm drained, and here's why. If you don't know, I live in Miami, Florida. That's where we do this podcast. It's where I run my legal practice, and Miami is one of the greatest cities in the world. I have very few ill words to say about Miami. It is wonderful. The people are great. The culture is great. It is such a cosmopolitan, fun city to be in. It's just wonderful. Except in July. In July, Miami is still all those things, but you would never know it because you can't leave the house because it is so unconscionably hot right now. I, it is just, it is miserable out there and it's, it's a really humid hot. So the moment you walk out of the door, you're just sweating an inconceivable amount of sweat out of every pore of your body that you know of. And perhaps some pores that you didn't know existed until you started sweating out of them because it's so damn hot here in Miami. And, and so that's what I'm kind of dealing with right now. And, you know, I'm keeping my AC very cold because if not I'm going to die but now here I have this problem now where my electric bill is gone through the roof and you know way more than it it's three or four times what it is in the winter and you know now we have to face the choice that all Miamians make where do you pay the ridiculous electric bill or do you turn your AC off and die and in July it's 
you know, it's almost like a 50-50 choice. You're like, well, I do like living, you know, breathing and existing in the world is fun, but this is a pretty high electric bill, and it is right now. And I'm, you know, I'm choosing life right now, but oh my God, it's so damn hot, and we need to get out of July right now, except I'm pretty sure August isn't that much better. We just need to get to November. Can we just fast forward to November? It's so damn hot, but let's... Let's, uh, this is going to be so cheesy, but let's, let's continue the hotness with some hot news here in the music industry. I'm sorry for that, by the way. I, even as it came out of my mouth, I felt bad about it, but whatever, what's done is done. Let's talk about Spotify. Oh my God, has Spotify been in the news lately? Holy mackerel. Uh, in musicians are pissed. Musicians are pissed at Spotify right now. Uh, and many of our listeners use Spotify, um, as the primary means of getting their music to listeners, most of our most of the musicians, if you're listening to this show and you make music, you probably use Spotify, and you're probably mad at Spotify right now because you've been hearing some articles, including one in Vulture that came out earlier this month, that's saying that Spotify has been creating fake accounts for musicians, like fake musician accounts, making creating music on those accounts, and conceivably diverting royalties away from you as artists and to these fake artist accounts so that they don't have to pay artists as much. That's what's being reported by Vulture. And that's a crazy act. That's a, that's a, that's a, uh, a frightening accusation if true. And so I want to unpack it because I know you as an artist is con are, are concerned about that. And so you're wondering if this is true, if it's not true, what is true. And if it is true or isn't true, what should I be doing about it? And that's what we're going to figure out right now. So, Let's start from the beginning and talk about why this is an issue. And it is an issue because of how Spotify's royalty structure works. So let's start from that point. Let's break it down from the beginning. Here's, here's the situation, okay? Here's how you get paid from Spotify if you're an artist. How many times your music is played. You know, let's say you, you, know, you, you have your music on Spotify and... You know, let's say that, you know, this is a, a terrible example because it's never, it's never going to be this high. But just to give you an idea, let's say... 25% of all the music that's played on Spotify by all of Spotify's users is your music. Now, it's never going to be 25% because that's a lot and you'd be a multi-billionaire probably, but let's just say to make the numbers easy, you, you, you're creating 25%. You, you, your music is responsible for 25% of the streams on Spotify in a month. So what happens is all the Spotify money from all the subscription fees and the ad-supported fees and all that stuff goes into a giant pot. And you would get 25% of the money that is made available to artists. Now, Spotify takes its cut. It's something like 30%. And you got to pay the songwriters. But from what's left in that giant pot, you'd get 25% because you're 25% of the total streams. And now, in real world, it's going to be much less than 25% because you're only, you know, most artists, it's, you know, a fraction of a fraction of a percent of your music relative to all the music as a whole. But that's how it works. So now, the reason why artists are freaking out and are pissed is because if this Vulture article is true, and the article's titled The Streaming Problem, How Spammers, Superstars, and Tech Giants Gamed the Music Industry. Man, Vulture's good at writing headlines. If this article is true, which alleges, among other things, that Spotify is creating fake artists with music that Spotify created and is, you know, using that music to, you know, generate streams, and then theoretically those streams would represent a portion of the total streams. And then, so that money goes right back to Spotify and it doesn't get shared with artists. It reduces the artists, your, you as an artist share of music. 
So, and then furthermore, the article alleges that Spotify is driving Spotify users to listen to those fake songs, those fake artist songs, um, by putting those songs on prominent playlists, for example. And if this is true, this is a really big deal because this sounds really unethical. It would be like if a supermarket, you know, if you, if you created a brand of breakfast cereal that was being sold in a supermarket and the supermarket created its own brand of breakfast cereal, which a lot of supermarkets do, but then they stuck their breakfast cereal throughout the supermarket store on all the shelves and then they tucked your cereal way in the back so that nobody can find it and you're not going to make as much money. And so you can understand why artists would be upset about this. It looks like Spotify is trying to game the numbers. So if this is true, this is a pretty big deal. Now, the New York Times has followed up on this story earlier this week to try to figure out what the heck is going on. And apparently, the picture is a lot muddier than we think. So, an article came out this past week in the New York Times called, While Some Cry Fake, Spotify Sees No Need to Apologize. Get your headline writing game up there, New York Times. Like, you gotta be as good as Vulture. Vulture, how spammers, superstars, and tech giants game the music industry. That's a headline. New York Times, while some cry fake, Spotify sees no need to apologize. Come on. You gotta be as cool as Vulture here, gray lady. Either way, what the New York Times found is that it's not clear as to whether or not Spotify is creating fake accounts. But what the evidence really seems to suggest is that what Spotify is more likely doing is just creating playlists that feature atmospheric, wordless, instrumental tracks that they can pay a lower, lower royalty rate for. So these are other artists who are, you know, what, 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 the articles, what the New York Times article is more likely saying, or saying is more likely to be true, is that there are other artists that are creating kind of this, like, mood music, instrumental, the stuff you listen to at a dinner party or while you're going to sleep— and they're creating a lot of playlists for this music, and this music is getting a lower royal, lower royalty rate. And if this is true, this isn't as bad as Spotify creating fake accounts. But if they are still trying to more prominently promote music that they have to not pay as high of a royalty to at the expense of your music, that's still kind of unethical behavior by Spotify as they would be intentionally trying to drive streaming traffic toward properties that get lower royalties and away from the works of musicians like you. So, if you're an artist on Spotify, as many artists are, because if you use any of the major indie distributors like CD Baby or TuneCore, you probably have your music on Spotify. Most of y'all do. And if you are an artist on Spotify, you could be angry about this. And I'm not... not, now. We can't, I'm not saying for sure that Spotify is creating fake accounts or that they're doing any of these things that the articles have alleged because it's not clear. But the evidence looks incriminating. The evidence looks bad. And so what I think you could do as an artist on Spotify, if you want to figure out what to do about this, is you might want to reach out to Spotify and demand an explanation and some clarification. And it might be that Spotify is really doing nothing wrong and that this is all just a misunderstanding. But you as an artist are Spotify's supplier. You are a supplier the same way that the breakfast cereal company is a supplier to the grocery store. And as a supplier, it's perfectly reasonable to get an explanation. Because right now, it's still unclear. And you deserve at least clarity. Now, if you're really upset about this, perhaps the way to change it is for Spotify to embrace a new funding model. So, as I said before, all of this is a problem because of the way the Spotify funding model works, where... All 
of the money that's getting from got from all these subscriber fees is put into a giant pot and how however much your percentage of your music relative to the total play streams of all the music whatever your percentage is of that total plays is what percent of the pot you get and that allows a situation where if you know where Spotify could create fake accounts flood with a bunch of music they don't have to pay royalties to and then you get less. So there's a way to fix this, and it's to use the funding model that lots of other folks, including myself, have advocated for services like Spotify, where what should happen, a more fair streaming service, would be not for you to get a total, not, not to get a your cut based on your percentage of all total streams, but it should be based on individual users. And here's what I mean. Let's say you wrote, let's say you made a song and you had a fan out there that absolutely loved your song. And for a whole month, there's you know, a, a paid Spotify subscriber. Let's say that person really loves your song. And for a whole month, all they did was stream nothing but your song. They didn't stream anybody else's song. If that happens, you should get the entire that entire payment for that month for that one fan. You know, let's say it's $7 because Spotify takes its 30% of the $9.99. You should get all $7 from that fan. That fan has effectively spent all of his Spotify money on your music. That's what you should get. And now let's say that Spotify listener streams half of his streams on you and half of his streams on Madonna. You should get $3.50, half of the money that is available to you, and Madonna gets the other half. And that makes a lot more sense because right now what happens is that fan is effectively subsidizing the music listening of others. Because let's say, you know, the average music fan, they're going to, I don't know, maybe stream 50 songs a month, something to that. I just pulled that number out, but let, you know, that the average music fan, let's say they stream 50 songs a month. What happens is there's some yoga studio out there. That's probably streaming thousands of streams on Spotify just because they want music to be randomly playing throughout the day while they're doing yoga. And they're flooding, you know, they're they're getting a lot more, they're they're paying, they're putting a lot more streams into the market. And it's effectively creating a situation where that music fan who only streamed 50 times, some of his streaming money is subsidizing the yoga studio. And that's not the way it would work in a traditional music context. A fan goes to a store, buys a record, he should get the entire amount of, you know, the, the, the artist gets the entire amount of the record paid. So we should be looking at individual fans, you know, separately when determining how much a person should get paid from Spotify. And if you did that, then you could mitigate the problem of fake accounts because now Spotify can't flood the pie with a bunch of fake artists or at least lower royalty artists that skew Spotify dollars away from you because, you know, they can just create a bunch of streams for those fake artists. So that's how I think it should work. And, you know, there's been a strong enough movement, I think, from indie artists that perhaps we can change that model or maybe it has to be changed with law. But either way, that's something that should be considered because right now the existing model is pissing off a lot of artists and scandals like this can become more of more of an issue until we can find a way to fund Spotify and other streaming services more equitably. All right. So that's Spotify. And I wish that was the only music service that we could talk about as creating problems this week, but this is just the week for problems to be created by music services because 
holy crap, do we have to talk about SoundCloud? My goodness, SoundCloud, which is another service that many of you artists use to get your music out there. SoundCloud is in a really big mess at the moment. My goodness. And it's kind of amazing if you think about it. I mean, SoundCloud is on the brink of collapse. And how that's happened is beyond me. Because this is a company with over 175 million users, a really strong brand. My grandmother knows what SoundCloud is. And yet, it's on the brink of failure. It's about to collapse. And that's hard to do. I would love, 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 love to get into SoundCloud's financials and see what the hell is going on. What could, what could they have done to possibly put themselves in a bad position? How could they be so bad at just controlling their resources? But either way, I digress. Here we are. SoundCloud's in trouble. The streaming website has closed two of its offices. It's laid off 40% of its, its staff. And when I say laid off, I don't mean... You know, they sent a letter to that those staff members and said, hey, uh, we're laying you off in two weeks. Get your affairs in order. Go look for a job. The news report suggests that the layoff was quick. Like the layoff was they stood in the office and then a trap door came and they went, ah, because they were gone. They just laid them off in the middle of the night. And the top executives are jumping ship. And they're trying to get additional investors, but apparently the the amount that they're asking for inve- investors would suggest that SoundCloud is significantly lowering its own valuation and they're scrambling to find buyers right now, and they're having trouble doing that. And here's the, the, the piece de resistance. Recently, Digital Music News has reported that SoundCloud might only have 50 days worth of funds left as of July 13th. That basically SoundCloud is a dead company walking. In 50 days, it might have to turn the lights off completely. My goodness. Obviously, this is a concern for indie artists. A lot of artists use SoundCloud as their primary music distribution service. And more than that, many artists are using it as the primary way by which they communicate with their fans. It's SoundCloud's, it's a social media site, basically. There's a lot of communication happening on SoundCloud. It's sort of the home base for many artists and how they interact with their fans. And so if you're the kind of artist that has a huge following on SoundCloud, I can understand why you'd be worried about this news. If SoundCloud fails... Not only can your songs vanish, but your fans will disappear overnight as well. It's a lot like what happened to musicians who were big on Vine when Vine vanished. A few months ago, you know, Vine went away, and that was really troubling because there were a lot of artists who had built a legitimate music career solely on Vine. They made little six-second songs. They had millions of fans on it, and then Vine goes away one day. All those fans are gone, except this is a whole lot worse Because SoundCloud has such a large presence in the music industry. And let's not forget that I have a dog in this fight. Because on a personal note, this would suck for me too. Because guess what service I use to host my podcast? Womp womp. But don't worry, podcast fans. If SoundCloud goes down, I have all my episodes backed up. And I'll get them all on a new hosting service right away if need be. But I'm guessing if you're an indie artist, you probably don't care as much about what happens to my content. You're worried about your content. But to the extent that you're worried about me, don't worry. I'll be fine. Now, SoundCloud has put out a statement about all this. So we've heard from Digital Music News, and they're saying SoundCloud has 50 days left to live potentially. But now let's hear the other side of the story. SoundCloud has spoken out, and what they said might make you feel better assuming that you believe them. 
In the statement, SoundCloud CEO says, I'm just going to go ahead and read the whole thing. I'm going to read it from top to bottom so that you don't have to think, oh, am I you know, creatively editing? No, we're just going to read it right from the statement. Here's what, he, here's what the SoundCloud CEO says. There is an insane amount of noise about SoundCloud in the world right now. And that is just it. Oh, sorry. And it's just that. Noise. The music you love on SoundCloud isn't going away. The music you shared or uploaded isn't going away because SoundCloud is not going away. Not in 50 days, not in 80 days, or any time in the foreseeable future. Your music is safe. Along with each of you, we've built this incredible community of artists podcasters, DJs, producers, and more who are the driving force in pushing culture forward in the world. That's not going to change. Last week, we had to make some tough decisions to let go some of our staff, but we did this to ensure SoundCloud remains a strong, independent company. Thank you for the outpouring of love and support. Some of you may have asked how you can help. Spread the word that we're not going anywhere and keep doing what you're doing creating, listening, uploading, sharing, liking, and discovering what's new now and next to music. SoundCloud is here to stay. There you go. Take from that what you will. And look, man, I hope it's true. Both for all the artists out there who I really love and care about, including some of my own clients who use SoundCloud and benefit from it. I hope that everything they're saying is true. But my philosophy on it is we should expect the worst and hope for the best. So if I were you, I'd be preparing for the worst just in case. SoundCloud wouldn't be the first company to tell the public that everything in the company is fine right before the company completely falls apart. You know, that, that standard operating procedure is the you know, person comes out and says everything's fine and the next day it all falls apart. So just prepare yourself. Be prepared. Prepare for the worst. And do not lose sight of the bigger lesson in all of this. And it's one that we've talked about on this show before. The lesson is don't overly rely on a third-party company as being the primary means for your fan connection. Look, here's what I mean. It's good, and it's, it's vital, in fact, to use platforms like Facebook and Twitter and SoundCloud and Snapchat and all these to build relationships with your fans and get your music out there. You gotta use those platforms. I'm not saying you don't. But you don't use those at the expense of still, of not having a homegrown fan base. You have to have the homegrown fan base as well. That's got to be the center of your operation. What does that mean? It means having a strong website, a piece of real estate out in cyberspace that belongs to you and nobody can take it away. And it also means having a strong email list where you can interact with your fans. I know many of you Young buck musicians eschew the email list. You say, you know, get out of here, grandpa. You're going to tell me next to get off your lawn. I know. But no, email lists are important. Not only is it the only way to truly get one-to-one communication with your listeners because, you know, they may stop using Facebook at any time, but they're always going to check their email. Email's not going anywhere. But you don't know what's going to happen with these platforms. You know, nobody thought that Facebook was, you know, nobody thought, nobody thinks Facebook and Twitter are going anywhere, but... Nobody thought Vine was going anywhere. Nobody thought SoundCloud was going to be in any kind of danger, a big company like SoundCloud. But these things happen. The internet is a dynamic place. Things are always changing, and you don't know what you can count on, except you can always count on your own email list, and you can count on your website. So make sure that you have that homegrown connection with your fans so that you always have them and they can never be taken away from you. 
um, because sometimes you can lose them. All right, there we go. Mary Amber coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Keep listening to the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business podcast. We are excited to be joined by one of our favorite guests on the show. She is an Australia-based geek pop singer-songwriter whose new album, Origin Story, comes out on July 19th. You can find out more about it and more about her by visiting www.maryamber.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're happy to have back Mary Amber on the Break the Business podcast. Hey, Mary, how's it going? Hey, things are good. Things are good. Oh, uh, they're good now that you are here. The audience is happy, and uh, this is going to be <laughs> so great. I love having you on every time. You're so talented. Your songs are catchy. You love pop culture. You play all these comic book conventions. You got this awesome audience who adores you. You've built a great following. And one of my personal favorite things about you, you have one of the best artist websites I have ever ever seen and now you have a new music project coming out origin story it's part new music part remasterings you got some of your greatest hits sprinkled in there it actually seems like a great way for somebody to get introduced to your music if they've never heard you before right yeah i think so i think it would be good for that so what's kind, kind of, of six years of music in one package or yeah for sure the idea. so what was sort of uh inspiring you to kind of put this together to do sort of a an old meets new and throwing new songs in there and and you know remastering some of the old stuff uh, what was sort of inspiring that for you well i i kind of feel like as an artist or as a human just in general you're constantly trying to find yourself and who you are but as an artist specifically you're trying to find what you're trying to do with your art and i i did a lot of wondering about and testing the waters with different things and learning a lot of different things. And I think, although I'm probably never going to get to a final stop where I know exactly where I know what I'm doing, but um, I, th- I feel like I've gotten to a stage where I kind of have more of a direction and I know exactly where I want to go forward. And I feel like prior to now was a bit like an origin story where I was um, still figuring stuff out. So that's why it is origin story. And in a way it's kind of meant to wrap the last six years up neatly in a bow. Um, and hopefully be a really good kind of summary of that time. So I can move forward now yeah, to the a, new things too. It's, it's a really yeah. great way to get introduced to you and uh, to see where you've come and where you're going. And one of the things that I like in particular about what you did with origin story is the way you launched it. And I think there are great lessons that artists can learn from this. So, folks, in the days leading up to the announcement of Origin Story, Mary started leaving sort of a trail of breadcrumbs on social media as to a big project that she was going to put out into the world. And then all of that led to the Origin Story announcement. Can you tell the folks about how you did that? Yeah, sure. Um, well, this was <laughs> this was really fun for me. I actually did little riddles for the week leading up. And for each day, 
I had a Tangram piece of the um, album artwork. Tangrams are like these, uh, I think there's seven puzzle pieces and you can put them together to make certain shapes, but I obviously used the square. And each day I'd reveal a new Tangram piece and a little riddle about what's coming up. So the riddles were things like every superhero has a, and obviously that led to origin story, but I didn't give away any of the answers until the final day where I announced the album. And then each one of the answers kind of helped define what this album is about. So the title of the album and what that means. As many parts as a Doctor has hearts was a Doctor Who reference and referencing the fact that it was a two-part album and such sort of little riddles leading up to the release of it in the end. And I, I felt like that was a fun way to get people involved and also show how important this project is to me as well. So, so. It, it communicated a message and I guess it in, inspired chatter. You know, people were sort of trying to guess what's happening here, you know, making, you know, positing theories as to what Mary Amber is going to be putting out. I mean, it, it was sort of to kind of get a conversation going, right? Yeah, it was pretty entertaining. So <laughs> I it's, can imagine. it's funny because my, my, my fiance, who knows exactly what I'm releasing, had no idea what the answer to half of them was. And wow. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so, um. Oh, um, well, we, we, we certainly can't say that you're not creative and your timing on this is on that point is great because last week we had on a guy by the name of Justin Locke who spoke to us about the science of creativity, another super creative person, just like you. And, you know, talked about what people can do to be more creative and why it's important to find time to boost your own creativity. So what does Mary Amber do to get creative? How do you get your most creative ideas to come out? Well, I guess I work in a creative field, so a lot of my day-to-day -day tasks are in making things that didn't previously exist. And practice, I think, is actually a big part of creativity. It's a bit like every other muscle, the creative muscle. If you keep trying and doing things and just accepting when they're not perfect, moving on, trying again, then I think you become at least more comfortable with trying to be creative and then the more ideas you come up with even if most of them are terrible the more good ones you'll have anyway so <laughs> kind of builds up there too so do you find that being creative in areas outside of music can boost your music creativity because i've seen you you made this delightful video game involving a bat eating fruit which i played it and it was fun you make comic strips Yay. you do all these other kind of creative things does does that being creative outside of music feed your musical creativity it might, actually. I, I don't know. It might even just be a two-way thing where if you're constantly being creative in one field, you feel less, um, I guess, friction in trying things out in other fields as well. But um, I I often try creating things like I've, I've been learning coding recently because I'm making a robot for an art exhibition, which will be exciting. But um, I, I, I guess it's it's all kind of part of that same muscle that you're working if you're creative, then there's no difference in whether it's writing song lyrics or music or art or it's you're making something that wasn't there before. So. Right, cool. And, uh, yeah. and w when we hop off this interview, you're going to have to tell me how to get a high score in that damn bat game because I'm just <laughs> like I keep eating the wrong fruit and it's driving me crazy. But um, no. <laughs> <laughs> staying in this uh, idea of creativity, though, um, one of the things I really admire about your work and by the way, folks, 
the way I interview Mary Amber is just every question is a compliment. And then it ends with me saying, how do you do that? So just <laughs> strap in. This is what we're going to be doing. Um, but one of the things I admire about your work is that not only are you really creative, but you time the release of your creativity really well. It seems like you always have something interesting to show the world. You plan things out. One day you got a music video. The next day you got a polished photo shoot of you with cats and it's adorable. And then, then you have a comic strip that you wrote detailing your time performing at a con. How, how do you always make sure you have something new for your fans to see? Do you kind of carefully plan these things out ahead of time or is it just sort of happen and it's, you know, happenstance and you always have something new? How, what is there, what, what, what's your process with that? Firstly, thank you. And you're going to get me <laughs> saying that a lot as well, especially yeah. if you're throwing compliments. But, um, <laughs> uh, I, I actually do plan very far in advance and I have a planner, um, which is kind of like a diary and, I literally have my posts until the end of this year already planned. Um, so I have origin story. I have my next release. I have other things all kind of planned out. And for each of them, I have what day I'm posting what. Um, there's obviously wiggle room in there because if things come up, you don't want to post something that's awkward on that day. Or if something more exciting comes up, you can always override your previous plan. But um I, I have things planned way in advance. So say my last album, uh, Retro Sherbet, was written and recorded two years before I released it. And in general, that's a pretty good guide to most of my music. It's what I'm releasing now I finished a very long time ago. It's probably because I create too much music, so the kind of catalogue <laughs> of to be released is constantly growing. But um. Man, I bet so many artists would hate, would love to have that problem. <laughs> um, it's good, but yeah, it, it's also, um, it's a bit frustrating because say when I'm releasing Retro Sherbet, I've already moved on to the thing that's after the next thing and <laughs> I'm there trying to stay, you know, motivated to also push the release that I worked on two years ago. So it's, it's, it's kind of fun, but it's kind of also got those little frustrating elements to it too. Do you aspire to have something for each day? Like you want to have that block of something to put out there for every day on the calendar? I usually leave out weekends. Um, that's, that's a decision I made actually a couple of years ago because I find that I like part of the reason I'm planning my posts and things is I want to spend as little time as possible actually, you know, on social media procrastinating and this is a problem with me because if I see something interesting or if someone poses a question I feel this compulsive need to respond and a lot of the time like if people comment on my posts that's why I respond to everyone because I feel like that's important and the communication element is important but I, I need to get you know my however many hours of practice and songwriting and production in every day and if I spend time hooked on social media that's not going to happen um, so I try and be strict with it and I've kept the weekends free for that reason because I do want to unplug if possible at least twice a week so, so would you say that downtime where you're not trying to be creative is an important part of the creative process well I, I don't feel like posting on social media is that creative in a lot of ways it's got like slight elements of creativity but I think creating the content you're going to post is the more creative part of it um but I guess you need time to be inspired. And for some people, that might be half a second. And for some people, they might need a day. Who knows? It depends <laughs> on the person, I suppose. Sure. 
And speaking of your creativity, we actually have a great example of it. We're going to be playing a song from Origin Story called Pizza and Ice Cream, and it's as delightful as it sounds, folks. Uh, it's gonna be, we're going to be playing this on the podcast. It's awesome. Everyone's going to love it. They'll be singing its praises from various mountaintops. But before we put it on, Mary, I wanted to bring up something that you did with this release of this single that is really cool. You released a lyric video for this song, and personally, I am such a lyric video fan. And a, but and a lot of artists put these out, but what I like about your lyric video, and here I go complimenting you again, is it wasn't just the standard lyric video where you put lyrics in front of a blank background. What you did, and it's the reason why I love lyric videos, is you identify that lyric videos aren't art form, and you put a something, you put something a little extra in your lyric video. Can you tell the folks a bit about how you put the lyric vid for pizza and ice cream together? Yeah, sure. Um, pizza and ice cream um, was the first video for the release, so I tried to make it nice at the very least. Um, I looked up on um, there's a site called Defont.com, and I think there's alternate sites that do the same thing where you can find custom fonts. And I found a font that's used in pizza shops because the song is called Pizza and Ice Cream. So that was where I started. I also have uh, branding guidelines that I use for Mary Amber as a brand um, as well. And so that's where I got my colors from. And I used a yellow for the text from the grid of colors that I allow myself to use. And the backdrop is kind of in a cartoon style because, again, I work in geek pop. So I tried to keep it looking comic e. Yeah. And that way I thought that you get something that's visually interesting to accompany the song as well as portraying the lyrics that I'm singing. So you get a little bit of both elements. That's great. Um, I, I can only hope that more artists can identify lyric videos for a, as a legitimate art form. And there's some great artists doing some cool stuff out there. And uh, don't miss any opportunity artists to you know find the creativity in whatever you're doing and make something that might seem pretty simple, like a lyric video, something that can be really engaging. So now, Mary, here's what I'm, all right, here's the plan. All right, let me see if I can get you on board with the plan here. And this is going to be super demanding of me, but, you know, I love having you on and I want to take advantage of it. So here's what I'm thinking. Let's play this song, then we're going to go to break, and then can I get you to stick around for one more segment when we come after break so we can talk a little bit of pop culture? Absolutely. Yes! Oh, awesome. <laughs> The the every all the listeners are rejoicing. Fantastic. All right. So, uh, before so we're gonna go to break. Before we do, here is pizza and ice cream by Mary Amber off of the Origin Story album. Here on the Break the Business podcast. Just fine, fine. 
sleep with pepperoni fix my life a cash with mascarpone who needs friends when there's anchovies my bikini body is made of candy as long as i got pizza and ice cream i still see the light as long as i got pizza and ice cream i'll be just fine as long as i Friend of the show, John Ratzenberger here with Ryan Carella, author of Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, available on Amazon.com. Ryan, tell the folks a little about the book. Well, the book's about empowering Well, artists. that's fascinating, Ryan, but it's only a 15-second commercial. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. We are back here with Mary Amber. Thank you so much for joining us again, Mary. At the end of the previous segment, we played her delightful, delightful single, Pizza and Ice Cream, which is on her upcoming album, Origin Story, coming out July 19th. Do not miss it. So, Mary's sticking around for what is normally our pop culture segment, and but it would be just so wrong for us not to involve such a fantastic pop culture mind like Mary's in any kind of pop culture discussion. So I have a, a cool pop culture thing we're going to do with you, Mary. But before we do, uh, before we get cooking with that, one more question for you about just what you got doing with music. Where can people find you on social media if they want to get to know you? Well, I, I'm quite lucky because my name is spelt very funny. Um, it's spelled M-E-R-I and Amber, Mary Amber. And if you Google me, nothing else tends to come up because of the spelling of my name. So <laughs> it's a fun tip. Have a really strangely spelled name and you'll come up all the time. But yes, if you look up Mary Amber, M-E-R-I-A-M-B-E-R on Google, or if you go maryamber.com or facebook.com slash maryamber, twitter.com slash maryamber, anything.com slash maryamber, I'm usually the one that's there. So. She is a marvelous follow. Uh, if you love music, if you love pop culture, she will make you very happy on social media. So here's how this is going to work, Mary. All right. We're going to go. I got uh, 10 rapid fire questions for you. We're going to put some fun music behind it. We are going to alternate between music, you know, music career, entertainment artist questions, and then straight up pop culture questions. Uh, you know, okay. you, you move <laughs> Now, now, there are right and wrong answers to each one, and we are grading. Uh-oh. No, no worries. No, completely. No, no. They're, they're, the, uh, the right answer is whatever answer you give, I assure oh, good, you. Oh, good, Yeah, don't <laughs> worry. Do these, these are not trivia questions. That would be such a jerk thing to do. No, these are, these are just... I would 
fail so miserably. <laughs> no, this is just appealing to your pop culture sensibilities. I know you're into comics. I know you you, you love anime and things like that. So we just want to get your insight on these uh, fantastic things. It's 10 questions. We'll move through them. And then we'll have our closing question, which we have for every artist we have on the show. But uh, here we go. Let's uh, let's get the music going here. Let's, what do we got? Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. First question, of uh, uh, artist question. One tip to take better photos as an artist. Get a phone that's got a better camera. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's the best Spider-Man? Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland? I did like Tom Holland. He's delightful, he right? Good. Yeah. He yeah. kind of has a little more sense of humor to the role. Accomplished dancer, which I think is good when you're Spider-Man, right? Yes, definitely. Right. How does Mary Amber get motivated when she doesn't feel like working? I, I don't really have a choice. I have to work anyway. That's that's my motivation. <laughs> <laughs> Eating. I like it. Anime. Better with dubbing or subtitles? Mm, that's a tough one. Mm. I think the people that do dubbing a lot of the time are quite good, but... Sometimes the translations don't get everything, so it depends on the show. It depends. Okay. Um. Well, what, what your favorite anime, and and how do you prefer the format? I, I did actually find Sailor Moon pretty exciting when I saw like the actual subtitles for what it would mean if they took the original sh- show from Japan. I thought that was pretty funny. It's quite different to what you get in, I guess, English-speaking countries because it's chopped and edited differently. Oh, what's that is of... not a rapid fire answer. Sorry. No, no, and, and and now and now I'm just curious like what what's sort of the difference like Americanized Sailor Moon versus, you know, original Japanese Sailor Moon? Is it like a difference in tone? Is one darker than the other? <laughs> really? Okay. There you go. Yeah. Uh, look at us learning something. But no, we have to stay in rapid fire. Mary Amber's favorite brand of microphone is I think I use an AKG, but Rode is pretty good too. Oh, both great choices comic book question i know you're a big dc fan if the flash is the fastest man alive how come every episode of the flash involves the flash fighting an enemy that's faster than the flash (laughs) that's a pretty (laughs) hilarious question um i I think maybe his title needs editing there maybe yeah the the fastest man alive every other episode uh mary embers move on to a villain that's not another speedster at some point i know like you know why why can't he fight the strongest man alive or something um (laughs) it'll get there (laughs) mary amber's best home remedy for when she's losing her voice freak out a lot and i know this is very strange (laughs) i actually eat steak i know this is weird but i kind of feel like it helps steak it's really strange yes i think you just like steak Maybe, but I mean, like, I, I feel like it gives me strength or protein or something. I don't know. In my mind, it helps, and therefore I have steak. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to take that to all the vocal coaches. Like, when they start, <laughs> when they say honey, lemon, I'll be like, get out of here. Mary Amber, super popular, awesome artist, says you just need a big old hunk of cow. Goku oh, versus God. Superman. Who wins? Sorry, who? And Goku versus Superman. Who wins? Ah, oh, it's a tough one. Mm. I do think Superman probably has the edge, though. Oh, yeah? He's got quite a lot of powers, so Man. he just kind of laser eye. I know, you know you're, what I mean? I know you're down with Dragon Ball Z. I thought I could, I thought I could tickle you into, you know, caping up for Goku there. But all right, now Superman's great. Can't, can't argue with that. Uh, what is one thing that Mary Amber would change in her music career if she could go back to the beginning? I'd probably start doing what I'm doing now rather than all that time I spent trying to be things I am not. 
And I guess that's the main thing I tell people a lot nowadays is I get people coming up to me saying things like, oh, maybe I should write songs about this so that more people listen to them. And I'm like, from my experience personally, I found whenever I tried to do something for like strategic reasons or for reasons other than just genuine interest and passion that it didn't work out quite as well. And, you know, you're not quite as passionate or dedicated about it. Oh, I like that. That's I mean, uh, very insightful. Um, and finally, uh, we close with a pop culture question because it is the most important of the pop culture questions. And I think it's probably going to resonate with you. Will Australia ever win Eurovision? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, sure. I think it would be pretty funny. Um, I, I still don't know why we're a part of it. but uh... that, that, that is a little puzzling to me, too. And... <laughs> I think it's just because it's popular down here. I mean... Uh... Yeah. It, might, it might even be more popular in Australia than Europe because it's a big thing here. People like <laughs> getting drunk and watching Eurovision. Oh, uh, I, I, so that... I, I, last year or this past year was the first time I watched it beginning to end. I mean, because it's not, not as popular in the States, but it's slowly catching on. And I loved every second of it. It was so yeah. much fun. And I've just become obsessed with Eurovision. I even had a VPN so that I could watch it. I could watch the actual Europe feed from my computer because it's really hard to do that if you don't have, if you try to do it from American internet. And it was just a blast. I mean, just top to bottom, so much fun. And frankly, uh, on this side of the pond, we're just super angry with jealousy that we can't yeah. be part of it because <laughs> it's just... I, well it looks like you can be. Uh, it, it does seem like it's opening up. So well, you never know. Oh God, I don't, you know, I, I actually talked to, after Eurovision, we had somebody on, a friend of mine, we talked about this and, you know, she said, I asked her, do you think we'll ever have an American, America in Eurovision? And she's like, oh no, we'd screw it up. <laughs> like we'd, we'd America all over it with like commercialism and just way too many bald eagles. And we would totally miss the point. And <laughs> But that's kind of what it is. It is going over the top. That's, <laughs> that's like true. what makes it so fantastic. That's true. You y'all had it was one of those Scandinavian countries. You had like five dudes on treadmills singing in you. It was beautiful. God, I could talk all day As about you Eurovision. Should. As oh, you should. It, it's it's the way music is meant to be. So exactly. And then there was you know Italy had a dancing gorilla because you know why not? Anyway, so. Let, let us close, Mary. That was well, well done. Just fantastic rapid firing. Uh, you know, we, we wouldn't expect anything less from you. But, you know, let me close with the question that we ask every artist. We didn't get to it in the first segment, but we got you here for it now. Do you have any final tips to share with the artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? I think the thing I was saying before about, I guess, sticking to doing what you want to do and not letting you know, an article you read online that tells you this is what you have to do or your mum who tells you, oh, you should be doing folk music because that's popular or whatever uh, other influence you've got sway you into leaving what you are and authentically do as you uh, behind. Wow. So, yeah, I think that's probably the best tip and, I've got. And of the many ways that I compliment you, Mary, that perhaps is the strongest compliment I can give is you are authentic and true to you. A very hard quality to find in a lot of artists. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you know what you are and you know what you like and you do, and you know who you, who you want your audience to be. And you create something that is meaningful for you and meaningful for them. And ultimately that's the highest 
of what you can accomplish as an artist. So kudos to you, Mary Amber. Thank you. I am bright red. Um, (laughs) You can't see this because this is an audio podcast, but um, just just envisage kimchi. That's kind of like what my face looks like right now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Delightful and uh, a nice use of envisage, by the way. Uh, Be sure to get a copy of her upcoming album, Origin Story. It's coming out July 19th. I promise you, you're going to love it. Mary Amber, thank you so much for joining us on the Break the Business podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we'll see you soon. Take care. All right, that was Mary Amber, everybody. I love having her on. She's just just a straight-up delightful human being, just so kind and funny and interesting and talented and it's a pleasure having her on each time please do her a solid and she did us a solid of coming on this podcast and sharing her wisdom with us and having fun with us and being silly with our pop culture stuff let's do her a solid grab a copy of origin story when it comes out tonight July 19th. How about July 19th this week? And visit her awesome website at www.meriamber. That's maryamber.com. Ah, thank you so much, Mary, for joining us this week. And my thanks to you, the listener, as always, for listening to this podcast, for being a part of this community, for making this podcast what it has become. I love you with the fire of the July Miami, Florida sun people. And if you have a chance, I would be so very appreciative while you're grabbing a copy of Mary Amber origin story. And, and you have that internet machine up and ready. If you, you grab a copy of the break, the business audiobook, which is now available on Amazon. I'd love you forever. I, I, I really do think the book is going to be useful for you. There's a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, many of the people who uh, get the book will reach out to me and and you know will say thank you and things like that but they'll also say that they learned some stuff and then they'll usually email me and ask more questions and we get a good nice conversation going and I really do feel like it's helping people and you know as a lawyer I'm in the helping business you know I'm I got into entertainment law because I love musicians and I want to help musicians and the fact that this book even in a small way might be helping people it makes me feel really, really, really good. And I'll extend this offer to you, uh, the listener. If you get a copy of this audiobook, you go to Amazon right now, grab it, and you listen to it. If you have any questions about the book, if there is something in there that you want to talk to me about, get some more thoughts on, run something by me, you can email me at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You know, put something in the subject line about audiobook or audiobook questions so that I know it's about the audiobook, so that I know to kind of put your email to the front of my inbox so that I can answer it. And I'll answer your question. If you get, you know, and I'll, whatever it is, and I'll, I'll give a thoughtful answer. And, and I already regret kind of making this offer, but nope, it's too late. I've already made it because I know that it's going to take up a lot of time, but it's worth it because you guys mean a lot to me. And if you write the email and you have any questions about the book and you want to talk to me, you will talk to me. It will be actually me writing this email. It won't be some intern I've hired to answer it for you um, because it's going to be for me because I appreciate what you've done to just bring this book into your life. So, uh, you know, I know it's going to be a lot of emails I'm going to have to write, but I'm willing to do it for you guys and because I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate all that you guys do. Uh, the support you've given to this podcast and for and to fantastic artists like Mary, I just say thank you. And have a fantastic week, folks. Thanks very much for listening to the Break the Business Podcast. Mm-hmm.